0: Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty Baseball Pickups podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Corso, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Sontag today. Hey, Kyle, how's it going?
1: I'm doing well, Taylor. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So today we're going to cover four names. We're going to do two hitters that are each 10% owned or less on fan tracks. And then we're going to do five or uh, two pitchers that are 5% or less owned on fan tracks. So, Kyle, why don't we you start us out with your first name?
1: Uh, who do you got? Absolutely. So my first guy is Ryan Bliss. Uh, This is someone that I think a lot of people are really sleeping on due to his small size and lack of production last season. Uh, The slash line last year was just 214, 298, 343. But it is important to note that he has second round draft pedigree. So it's a little bit easier to buy into the numbers that he's putting up this year. And I'll get to those in a second. As I mentioned before, he is a little bit smaller in stature. He's listed at just 5'6", and 165. He's 23 years old, uh, and he's currently playing in Double A in the Arizona organization, 9% rostered on fan tracks. Like I mentioned, the stats this year are looking a lot better than last season. Across the board, his slash line is up, like, Almost 200 points across the board. It's a 358 batting average, 414 OBP, and .595 slug. Good for a 1,009 OPS. He's got 12 home runs and 30 stolen bases with 67 runs scored and 47 RBIs. And his strikeout and walk rates are pretty solid, too. It's a 17% K rate. You love to see anything under that 20% mark. And the seven point four percent walk rate isn't, you know, spectacular, but it's good enough when you're running a strikeout rate that low. The power he's got, you know, you you might be a little curious if maybe it's it's park aided or anything like that. And it it may be to some extent, you know, expecting him to keep up this pace at uh, at higher levels and hit, you know, twenty five to thirty home runs probably isn't what you're going to get out of someone like this. But the power is not a mirage either, despite his small frame. He did hit 15 home runs in his final collegiate season in 2021 going into the draft. It'll never be a plus tool for him, but he does make plenty of quality contact to aid in reaching as much of his raw power as possible. Now, the 30 steal he has can be a little bit deceiving. He's not a burner on the bases, but he is a slightly above average runner. And he does have great instincts. So again, similar to the home runs, we might not be able to expect him to keep up this pace, but we might be able to expect, you know, 15 to 20, maybe not the 30 to 40, like he's on pace for this year, or even 50, but you know, 15 to 20 home runs, 15 to 20 stolen bases out of a second basement is a great package for a, uh, for a, a fantasy second baseman, you'd love to get that out of most of your guys at that position.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the numbers have been pretty incredible this year. And he's one of those guys that I was a little bit slow to buy into because you mentioned, you know, his slight frame, he's listed at five, six. So, you know, to me, I, I just, I was hesitant to really buy into the power gains and everything. Cause the 12 home runs he has this year, are actually a career high already. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you you can't deny what he's done, and he's been remarkably consistent. Um, you know, three of the four months he's played, he's had an OPS over a thousand, and his worst month was actually June, where he had an eight forty nine OPS. So, you can't get much more consistently great than that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the park factors where he plays in, in Amarillo. Uh, it's actually tied according to Baseball America's like minor league park factors. It's actually tied for. The second best hitters park in all of the minors. Uh only the Charlotte, the triple A um White Sox affiliate is higher. Uh, but it's it's got a 165 park factor. So definitely, you know, 65% better than the league average for the Texas League. That's you know something to consider. But if you look at his home road splits this year, he still has an 894 OPS on the road, and he's got six of his home runs each on the road and at home. So, you know, you can't just like like you said, you, you can't just say, Oh, it's all the park. So He's an interesting one. He's one I wish I would have been on a little bit sooner and believe, because now it's kind of too late for me to pick him up. Um, I, you know, like you said, there's a lot of kind of across the board appeal uh to what he brings, especially at a weak position like second base. So we'll see what happens with him, but definitely a, a great name to point out there. Um next up we have Sal Stewart. So Sal Stewart's a really interesting player. He's Nineteen. He's a third baseman in the Reds organization at A-ball. Uh, what's interesting about Sal Stewart is he's probably going to get compared to Cam Collier a lot. Um, you know, both both as we're talking about him and just moving forward, because he was the 32nd overall pick in the 2022 draft. Um, you know, Cincinnati also drafted Cam Collier, also a third baseman. They're both playing at A-ball. They're kind of splitting third base DH reps. Uh, Cam Collier is, you know, higher pedigree. He's a year younger, but South Stewart has really had the better year. And a lot of that has come lately where he's just on this incredible hot streak. So, kept it going yesterday. He was two for three with a walk. Uh, overall on the season, his line is 275, 395, 425. So, pretty good. Uh, he's got eight home runs and eight stolen bases, but not, you know, exceptional. Uh, his walk and strikeout rates are, however, exceptional. He's got a 16.6% walk rate and a 15.6% K rate. So walking more than he's striking out, Um, you know, showing some power. You know, He's got some stolen bases, but that's not really part of his future game. But here's the crazy part. So I tweeted about Sal uh, on June 28th. And at that time, he was hitting 471 with three home runs over his last four games. So just incredible hot streak for a short period of time. Since then, there's been eight games. He's hit 462 with another three home runs in those eight games. He's had uh three doubles and he has 10 walks to six strikeouts. So he's now had this uh 12 game stretch where he's just been on absolute fire. He's got six home runs. He's batting over four fifty. He's got more walks than strikeouts, he's he's hitting, you know, doubles and everything too. Um, so just incredible hot streak that he's on. Uh You know, in terms of the tools, he's above average hit and power, which I really, really love to see. Um, He does have those eight stolen bases, but he's a below average runner. So, you know, I I don't really see that occurring too much at the at the big league level. Maybe he he chips in a few, but it's not going to be a big part of his game. Um, Unlike, you know, Bliss, there's no concerns about his frame. He's 6'3". He's a right handed hitter. So, you know, there's going to be more pressure in terms of platoon risk uh, so that he's not like a short side platoon, but based on his above average hit tool, you know, and obviously the great approach with more walks than strikeouts, that shouldn't be too much of a concern. Um, You know, Collier was the clear, better third base prospect coming into this year uh, versus Sal Stewart. You know, Collier was like a first round FYPD guy. Sal Stewart was more of a late round or, or undrafted FYPD guy, but, I think you make the argument now that Sal is the better prospect or at least has had the much better year. And, you know, a lot of that might be this recent hot streak, but uh, he's just showing, you know, more advanced tools than Collier. And there is a year difference between them, but um, you know, I think for now you you really have to consider Stewart to be kind of on that Collier level. Um, neither one's known for their defense, uh, but Collier has committed more errors. So, you know, that Cincinnati uh, infield is pretty stacked right now. And these guys are a ways away, so it'll work itself out. But it is interesting to see that um, Stewart has actually had some second base reps this year as well. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit more, um, you know, defensive juice for Stewart. But with Cincinnati's infield being what it is, um, you know, both these guys could be traded. And, you know, relatively soon with Cincinnati kind of coming into their own as a competitor. Um you know, I think that Stewart is a really, really uh, interesting name to buy into, you know, kind of because of the org he's in. So, you know, if he gets traded, you know, at the deadline this year, I think that might sour me on him a little bit just because Cincinnati's been so great at developing their infield prospects lately. I mean, you look at what they've done with the ones closer to the big league level, um, you look at what they've done across the organization with their prospects this year, and they've, you know, really improve the stock of a lot of these guys so i'm actually excited when i see a, a prospect now in the reds organization so if he gets traded depending on where he goes you know that might impact my view of him but definitely excited about stuart
1: yeah absolutely there's a lot to like in this package and it's I, I really like that you brought up collier a few times because one thing that really stood out to me when you mentioned we were going to talk about stuart and i'm not a hundred percent sure on the source but I I think I I recall hearing someone kind of just after they were drafted last year mention that though Collier may have the, the higher ceiling and was obviously drafted higher for it, someone seemed to believe that Sal Stewart was a better pure hitter than Cam Collier. And maybe that's what we're seeing already early on in their professional careers here is that shining through because they obviously, again, both have, you know, quite a bit of pedigree being high draft picks. Like you said, uh, Stewart was what the, the 32nd in the compensation round there. Yeah. He was 32nd. Yeah. I don't remember what Collier was, but yeah, I'm, I think I want to say Collier was like 15, 16, wherever Cincinnati drafted, but regardless, you know, he had a, a little bit more pedigree, but again, someone out there believed that Sal Stewart was a better pure hitter. I am curious though, as you kind of alluded to where he ends up defensively, you mentioned, that there uh, aren't really concerns about his frame. I would would almost argue, you know, opposite to Bliss, that there might be some concerns, but on the other end of things, as a 19-year-old, he is 6'3", but he's 215 pounds already too. So depending on how that body progresses, we could be looking at a, you know, first base DH type, At which point, as you again mentioned already, he's going to really need to hit if he wants to continue progressing through the levels. But again, you mentioned it, you haven't heard many concerns about his defense despite the size. So that's a really good sign at such a young age at this point.
0: I could, to your point, I could definitely see him being a first base bat. And I think, you know, when you're looking for me, when when I'm looking at prospects and I I see that, you know, they might have to move to just the corner only or first base DH. I want to see, in addition to hit and power, I want to see them have that great plate approach because, you know, you can't have that that corner and then have, you know, strikeout problems or something like that. I think what alleviates my concern a little bit with Stewart is that he's got the more walks than strikeouts, which mm-hmm. is definitely a rarity, particularly, you know, for a 19 year old to have that sort of. Of plate approach is awesome to see. So I'm going to put you on the spot here before we move on to our next players. Um, you know, you have one roster spot in a league, both Sal Stewart and bliss are on the wire. Who are you picking up?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. I have both in, in a handful of leagues. I think it, for me, it depends a little bit on my, my team context. If I'm, you know, maybe a little bit closer to competing, I'm probably going with the, the 23 year old in bliss because he's more likely to contribute, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe as early as next season. Whereas, you know, the 19 year old Sal Stewart playing in low a ball, I'd say the ceiling's probably higher on him, but you're going to have to wait a couple more years. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I,
0: I like bliss a lot. I think I would probably go with Stewart. Um, you know, like, like you said, it is somewhat context dependent, but I've, <laughs> I've really been impressed with what Stewart's done, and and he was a guy I, I kind of had flagged in a lot of my FYPDs, and for whatever reason, just didn't end up with any shares. Uh, but he, he's I've been tracking him all year, and I think for me, the profile of a plus hit power tool versus kind of an across the board guy with Bliss, I've been kind of burned by the Bliss profile a few times. Most recently with David Hamilton, um, you know, I, I uh, Joey Ortiz, you know, some of those type of guys who have a similar profile to bliss that i thought hey they have the proximity you know they're gonna be great and then they just never really get that chance or you know they struggle in the small chances they get and then get buried in uh in some of these death charts so we'll see what happens with them uh i think in most cases i'm going to take stewart unless i really uh believe that you know Bliss is on the cusp, and and he's going to help me soon. Um, yeah, okay. I think in a vacuum,
1: I'm probably with you there. I'm taking Stewart for the upside over Bliss, but to to some extent, the team context for me does matter. Definitely, that makes perfect sense.
0: All right, next up, uh, we have two pitchers. So get us started with your pitcher.
1: Absolutely. So the guy I'm bringing forward here is Gyro Iriarte. He's a right-handed pitcher for the in the Padres organization. Twenty-one years old. Currently pitching at high A. He's listed at 6'2, 160 pounds, and he's 4% owned on Fan Track. So at his listed height and weight, you know, 6'2's a, a solid build. You'd like to see a little more size on him than 160. But the fact that there is room to grow is also encouraging as far as you know what his his stamina may look like in the future, what some of his stuff in particular, his velocity might look like in the future. So the fact that he does have the stuff that he has already, and I'll touch on that in a minute here, despite being you know on the, the lighter side at 160 and actually at 6'2", 160, he's listed lighter by five pounds than the 5'6", Ryan Bliss. So there's a lot of room to grow here and that's really encouraging. He's a guy that signed for just 75 grand in the 2018-19 international class, but I think the Padres might have gotten a steal here. He uh he worked in both starting and relief roles in his first two pro seasons. Now it's important to note that these first two seasons were in 2019 and 2021 due to the the cancellation of the the 2020 season and the minors thanks to COVID. You know, there's there's a missed year of development here. And that's really important to note. He did start making a name for himself as a full-time starter last season. His 5.12 ERA wouldn't have stood out to you, but his 26.7% K rate probably would. Um, and it's also important to note that that entire season was spent in the hitter-friendly California League in low A. So you got to take uh, some of those surface-level stats with a little bit of a grain of salt. And, you know, taking that into account, you look at the numbers he's putting up this year, and in 14 games started, he's got a 3-1 ERA with a 1-2-8 whip. Now, he is averaging a little bit less than four and a half innings per game started. But, you know, as mentioned before, he's still sort of transitioning into a starter's role. And if you look specifically at his last three games, He's pitched six innings and racked up quality starts in each of his last three starts. So that's really encouraging as far as that development goes from, you know, a a bit of a mixed role into a pure starters role to go along with the strong ERA and whip. He also is showing a 29.7% K rate and a 10.8% walk rate. So it's an 18.9% K minus walk rate. You'd like to see that walk rate get a little bit lower, but similar to, you know, the improvements he's shown in uh, his longevity in single starts, he's also been cutting down that walk rate a little bit of late. Across those last three starts in which he's gone six innings, he's allowed just five total walks while striking out 24 batters in 18 innings. So. Things are looking really good as of late for a guy that's been putting up strong numbers all year. And a big part of why he's been putting up such strong numbers is the fact that he has three pitches that currently show average or better with the potential to be above average or plus pitches. He's got a fastball that he throws in the mid 90s. Currently gets above average to plus grades already. And again, I mentioned earlier, he's just 160. So he could put on some weight and put on some velo here with the fastball. He already gets really good extension on it too. And that makes things even tougher for hitters. He pairs that up with a really nice changeup that is thrown in the upper 80s. So it doesn't necessarily have the ideal velo separation, but he does sell it very well. It looks like a fastball coming out of his hand but it fades nicely and misses a lot of barrels. So even though it's not that, you know, eight to 10 mile per hour difference that you often like to see from the fastball, five to eight miles an hour can work when you sell it well and have nice uh, a nice movement profile on it. This is another pitch that some believe could grade out as high as plus when his development is over. And he finishes off the arsenal with a hard, sharp, late-breaking slider. That he throws in the mid 80s. It's a devastating pitch when he's able to command it, but he does have trouble commanding it. It's another one that has shown flashes to be a plus pitch. But again, as I mentioned, he's going to need this is the pitch in particular that he really needs to hone in that command on to become a a true, you know, starter and reach his ceiling rather than you know ending up in the bullpen as we often see with some of these guys with great stuff but shaky command.
0: Yeah, I think you you described it perfectly. I don't really have much to add. I mean, the the appeal of the the 3 plus pitches is great and you know, unlike so many young pitchers to already have, you know, an advanced feel for that changeup is really rare. You know, you see mm-hmm. it's kind of a joke that you see all these pitchers and they all, you know, developing changeup, developing changeup, developing changeup, but he already has, you know, a potentially above average changeup with like you said a, a chance to be plus and you know you, you gotta love what the Padres have done with their um with their development now they never actually make it to the majors with the Padres but but that's another story. Um he's definitely an exciting pitcher one that I'm sad to say I actually had to drop this morning because <laughs> I had a, a bit of a roster crunch but he made it Was that in one difficulty. of our leagues
1: do I need to be rushing to the waiver wire uh, here? no comment <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh you you can take a look after the podcast. But yeah, I he, um, now. <laughs> he's definitely a guy who um you know it was tough to drop him, but I, I just had a, some guys coming off um IL and a a tough uh, roster crunch there. But uh luckily I had one more share, so I'm not I'm not losing my only share. Cause I, I do think he's really exciting. I do think he has a really high ceiling um if he can just get that that control in, in line. And that's usually the last thing for for a lot of these pitchers, particularly like you mm-hmm. mentioned ones who have you know, had that lost year of development with COVID. So uh, it's interesting that we're going to transition into our next pitcher because there's a lot of similarities between them. Um, So I'm going to talk about Hayden Birdsong. He's also 21, uh, also a right-handed starting pitcher, uh, also in high A, um, also in the NL West with the Giants. They actually both pitched on 4th of July. So a lot of similarities there and some similarities with the profile as well. So uh, for Hayden Birdsong, he's he's less rostered he's only 1% on fan tracks um in his last start which was on the 4th of July he pitched five no-hit innings with one walk and 11 strikeouts so that was really the statement game uh but overall on the year he's got a pretty nice line he's got a 2.91 ERA a 3.19 FIP one twenty six whip which is you know a little high um he's striking out 14.1 batters per 9 and he's walking 4.3 per 9 so again has some control issues. Uh, But what's interesting when you look at his his game log is that there's really only two starts this year where he's had more than two earned runs. And considering he's got a 2.91 ERA for the year, just think about this. He had two starts, one where he gave up four earned runs, which isn't that bad, but another start where he gave up eight. Uh so if you take out that 8 earn run start I mean you can I didn't do the math but you can imagine how low his ERA would go. Mm-hmm. Uh he's only giving up two home runs all year. Both were in that uh 8 earn run start I believe. And his his arsenal is not that much different than uh Iriarte. He's got a plus mid-90s fastball. Um he has an above average slider. And the difference is instead of the changeup he's got a curve as his you know main third pitch. Uh he does have that below average developing changeup that I mentioned. And obviously he's got those control issues. He's had issues with the walks. Uh in terms of his frame, he's 6'4, 215. So, you know, big frame, but maybe not that much projection left on it. Uh, there's definitely some relief risk with him, you know, similar to Iriarte. Uh, I think for me, you know, Iriarte's definitely got a little bit of a heads up on Birdsong, but he's a, Birdsong is a pretty exciting uh pitcher. He hasn't gone as deep into games as, excuse me, as deep into games as Iriarte. Uh, He's actually, I think, maxed out at five innings pitched where, like you mentioned, Iriarte's got those three straight with six innings. So, But that could be part of the organization. Uh, Padres tend to be a little bit more aggressive with their prospects. Giants are really, really conservative, particularly where it comes to their pitching. And, you know, Giants are kind of a weird organization for developing They've had some great successes and then they have had some, you know, not so great successes. I mean, you look what's happening with Kyle Harrison now. He's not getting his walks under control and that's really hurting his stock. So I do have a question as far as the Giants' development of pitchers and kind of where Birdsong is going to end up. You know, he could be more of a reliever long term. We've seen the Giants love to have the bulk guys you know, more than half their starting rotation now is coming in after an opener and just in these, these hybrid roles. So uh, I do worry about that a little bit with Birdsong, but he's also so far away. You never know if there's going to be a, a philosophy change or a, a management change by the time, you know, Birdsong makes the majors if he even does.
1: Yeah, so I think the, the big things for me as far as what, what gets me excited about Birdsong are the the developments, the strides he's made, you know, since being a pro, and even just between you know his his draft day and his pro debut, you know he gained velo after the draft. He was more of a kind of ninety low nineties kind of fastball in college, and since then he's been sitting, as you mentioned, mid nineties and touching upwards of ninety seven miles an hour. So really encouraging to see that you know the the velocity bumped up already. And at 6'4", 215, like you mentioned, it's not not impossible to believe that he won't be able to sustain that. And I think the other thing that's important to note is that he did pitch out of the bullpen in his pro debut. Now, it was, you know, a quick stint. He had five appearances or whatever it was after being drafted. But they've kind of had to build him back into the starter's role. So the fact that he uh, is... You know, a little bit on the lower side of innings pitched per game start. I'm not that concerned about just yet because, again, he does have that prototypical starter's build. So, if he can continue to progress uh, with the the pitch count with the inning count, I think there's a a lot to like here based on the the pitch mix, like you mentioned. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, again. Kind of a similar profile to Iriarte, but for mm-hmm. me, Iriarte is you know the clearly the better prospect to roster right now. I I would imagine you would agree with that as well.
1: Yes, yes, I would. I like especially the fact that he, as you mentioned, you know he he's got that leg up on really a lot of guys his age and at that level because he doesn't have the quote unquote developing change up. The changeup's already there for him, and that's even though Birdsong has two breaking balls the changeup is developing. And as we all know, that changeup can be one of the the most effective pitches in baseball when you know how to throw it. Definitely.
0: Well, that's it for our discussion today. Hopefully that was helpful to a lot of people. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'll have both of our Twitter accounts linked in the show notes. And be sure to check out the Fancy Baseball Discord. I'll have that linked in the show notes as well. It's just a great resource for anybody who's looking for a community of people who play fantasy baseball um dynasty baseball there's a great prospects channel that there's help with ad drops and trades and setting your lineup and everything like that so it's just an invaluable resource and and one where uh, i've gotten a lot out of it over the years and i'm sure kyle has as well so thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week